Springfield, Virginia, the church there, and we would go out on Saturday mornings and we'd go on the street and we'd minister and hand out flyers and pick up kids on Sunday mornings and bring them to church, those that wanted to go. And so we went down in the projects in different places and, and um, uh, would pick kids up and, and bring them. And I remember, you, you know, thinking that uh, this was an amazing experience for me only being 12 years old, 13. And I learned so much during that time. And I learned so much by doing that ministry. But I also learned a lot from his teaching and from teaching uh, from my father on Sunday mornings. And I remember looking at those words that were spoken to me. And I would, I would take notes. I'd write certain little things down that, not everything, because I wasn't a big note taker, but I'd write certain things down that would minister to me. That was like, you know, I just I couldn't forget that or I wanted to look at that later. And I remember praying in my room and looking at, you know, some of the, uh, the things that, that were taught and, and reading over it. And Pastor Rob would give out these, these uh, notebooks and it had a sheet of paper that he'd blown up and it had the Ephesians prayer on it. It had these prayers that we've been going and breaking down this Ephesians prayer. And that was in the front of our notebook. And the title of his class was Champions for Christ. Champions for Christ. And he broke that prayer down each week for, for several weeks, just as we've been doing here on Sunday mornings. And he broke those prayers down, and each time, each week, I could just feel myself getting a little bit stronger. And, and that's what he was talking about, was following that prayer and believing and having faith for the things that, that Paul prayed there for the believers in Ephesus. He said, this is for you. This is for you. It's not, it wasn't just for them then, it's for you. And I remember looking at that and, and just getting stronger, and even at you know, 13 years of age, and, uh, still, and I still have that notebook, I still have that, that prayer that's in the front, the Ephesians prayer. And, and there's lots of lessons in there, you know, that he would hand out the outline each week. And he would give us an assignment each week to read in the scripture before next Sunday. And we would, we would read that. I remember the first time when I met him and he gave me an assignment and he said, uh, uh, he said, you want to go with me on Saturdays? And I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll go. Now, before you do, by Saturday, I want you to read the whole book of Acts. And I just like, oh, you know, because I, I, I thought, I don't, I've never done something like that before. I've never read that much of the Bible in one week. They just have never done that. Now, I've read little bits, but the whole book, oh my goodness, you know, and, and uh, I read the whole book of Acts that week. And I thought, that wasn't bad. That was pretty good. So I read that. And, and it really helped me a lot. And it built my faith. Just reading through the book of Acts. And so, as, as I went through that experience, and as I got older, and I began to see different ones that were in the church, for, and they've been in the church for a long time, for years and years, you know. I've been saved for, you know, 20 years. But they didn't really know the Word of God. They didn't live their life according to the Word of God. And I thought, they're missing so much. They've missed so much. Where have they been? What do they do on Sunday morning when they come? What are they listening to? Because didn't, didn't, they, didn't they hear uh, what was spoken? I didn't understand that. And you know, see, that's the plan of the enemy is to take you out. That's the plan of the enemy that, to, to say that, oh, all it takes being a Christian is just being there on Sunday morning. Just coming, showing up, and listening. And that's it. Church, 
It's so much more than that. Amen? Amen. We've got to apply the Word of God in our lives. We've got to look at it, read it, write down little things that God speaks to us, examine it, look at it, and, and, and then change. And then change. Look at that Word and say, you know, I need to be stronger, so I'm going to do this, or whatever it is that God's speaking to you. And I hope that you know, during this series, and I hope during every series, that God is speaking a special word to each and every one of you, just as He speaks to me. Every single lesson, I mean, there, you know, every, every one that, you know, I'm looking at, God's speaking to me a certain aspect of it. You know, I, the, the whole thing is good, or at least I li- would like to think it is, but there's always something in there that is like, oh, wow, I really need to work on that. I need to work on that to get stronger. And that's what we've got to do, is we've got to look at the, and listen and hear the voice of the Lord as you know, I'm speaking or somebody else, whenever they're preaching or, or speaking. You know, and as you're reading at home, you're reading in the Word. Listen for that voice on the inside. Listen for the Holy Spirit that just throws that verse, that, that this verse just magnifies to you and it speaks to you. I can't tell you how many times I've read you know, the same chapter over and over and then there'd be a time later, you know, I'll pick it up and read it. I've read this a hundred times and I totally didn't see that. You know, I, was, I cannot believe that I missed this. You know, this revelation, there's always, there's so much revelation that's there. There's so much that we can learn. There's so much that we can apply to our lives. And, and there's so many times where I'm looking and I'm saying, well, God, I know this stuff. I've known this. I've known this. And then I get going I start looking at it and I'm like, I don't really know it. I don't really know it. I don't really. Because there's an aspect of it I'm not applying to my life. And so I believe it's sad when someone who's been saved for 20 years, okay, is not grown much further than they did in the first year when they were saved. I believe that each year, God wants you to get stronger and stronger and stronger. You know, like, we'll say 10 times stronger than the year before, and just on and on and on. Each year, He wants you to be stronger. Why? Just for the purpose that you can show off your spiritual muscles? No. For the purpose that you can help, help someone else. You know? There's, there's a lot of people who do workout just so they can show it off, you know? And they can just be like, look at me, you know? And, and that's what they do. But there's some people who do it literally because they know they need to be in shape so that they can take care of the responsibilities that they have. And folks, we need to exercise our spiritual muscles so we can take care of the responsibilities that God has given us, that God has shown us that we are to do in His Word. Because without the spiritual muscles being in shape, we're not going to be able to carry out what God has for us on a daily basis. What He has for us, the doors that He opens up, we won't even see them. We won't even see them. Or a door may not even open up because we're not strong enough to even see the door. We can't see it open so that we can run through and really minister to someone else and do it. So, are you seeing, and the question this morning, as we go through this lesson, are you seeing those doors open during the week, during the month, during the year? Are you seeing doors open for you to minister to someone else? If not, this series is for you. Go back, listen to it again, grab the notes offline, look at the scriptures, look at it. Because this morning what we're going to talk about is trusting in God's power. And I want to tell you, God is 
able. And if God is able, then you are able to minister to someone else. I am able to minister to someone else. I am able to stand up here this morning and do what I'm doing because He is able. That's why we sing that song, you know, God is able because He is. And we sing He is the great I am because He is the great I am. Where I fall short, He makes up the difference. Amen? And when He makes up the difference, then I can touch someone else. That's what this is all about. It's not just for us to soak it up like a sponge and keep it. It's for us to soak it up like a sponge and then wring it out onto somebody else so they can get the same thing you've got. Amen? I get excited about that. I get real juiced when I think about it. Because I tell you, we need to be able to just run through those doors that God's open and just kick them wide open. We don't want to tiptoe in. We just want to bust right in. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 through 21. This is how he finishes the prayer in chapter 3. He says, Now all glory to God, who is what? Who is what? He is able. He is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. So if you want to be a stronger Christian, you've got to learn to trust in God's power, knowing that He is able. You've got to learn to lean on God's power. You've got to learn to experience God's power in your life. So how does this happen for us? And I want to talk about four things from this particular passage that will help us to understand how to trust in the power of God in a greater way than we already do. Because I believe that each one of us here you know, or we wouldn't be here that, that, that we know that God is powerful. We know that He's more powerful than us. But do we really trust in the power of God? Can we really lean on it? Do we really understand it? Can we draw from it? So let's look. The first thing that we've got to do to trust in God's power, you must believe in God's ability. Number one, you've got to believe in God's ability. Much of our success or failure in our spiritual journey, we really... It revolves around our understanding of God. What we understand and what we don't. A lot of our success and failure revolves around that. How much do I understand about God? In other words, how much do I understand about His ability? So I've got to know it, and then I've got to believe in it. Believe in His ability. And the thing is, is if we have a faulty view of God's nature and character, we'll have a faulty faith in God. If we've got a weak view, we'll have a weak view uh, 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 of God. And we'll have this, you know, if we have this, this weak view of, uh, of who He is and how He is, we'll have a weak faith in God. So to become stronger, we've got to have an accurate connection with God. We've got to have a more accurate understanding of who God is. You know, Paul... In, the, in these two verses here, he teaches us something about who God is. Look at, let's, let's look at verse 20 one more time. Now, all glory to God who is, what? Yeah. Able. And this is the key word in this verse. He is able. Period. He is able. Through what? His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So, God is able. You'll never be able to experience God's power until 
until you know and truly believe in His ability. You know what His ability is and you believe in it. Then you experience His power. And see, the thing is, is when we, you know, many people, they've experienced a touch from God. And they've experienced a touch, sometimes a physical manifestation on your body where you feel God. you got the chicken skin, goosebumps, anointing going on in whatever service it is. And you're like, woo! And, you th- and, and, and the thing is, that's good. And I'm not, I'm not going to discount that because that is some good stuff. I love chicken skin. Just give it to me all the time. I love to feel that feeling on this side, the weak knees. I've been in services where the, the preacher was up front. And there's thousands of people in the auditorium. And, and he said, run down to the altar. And I couldn't get there because the anointing was so strong. The, my knees were so weak. My legs just would not work to get me there. And people were going by me. And then some people were feeling what I was feeling. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to collapse before I can get down there to the altar. And, 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 you know, my view for a long time was that I could only feel that feeling or I could only experience God's power in a special service. How many know what I'm talking about? A special service or Sunday morning. But the truth of it is, is that God's power can work in your life every single day. Has nothing to do with a building a man on a stage, or anything like that, because God is able to be anywhere at any time for you 24-7. Amen? Amen. And see, that was a faulty view on my part that I, I would think, wow, the only way I can experience that, man, I've got to be in one of these special services to get a hold of that. And now I know that's just, it's not true. I see God working and moving in my life during the week. So, God is able. His, capacity, his capabilities go beyond our capabilities. His capacity is beyond our capacity. God is able. Now, here's ten things, and we're going to run through this quickly. So, if you, if you like to take notes, get ready to wear your hand out. But if you miss something, it's okay. You can get online. You can download these notes. Ten things that God teaches us about His ability. And we're just going to go through this quick. God can. He can create new things out of nothing. That's what's real. He can create new things out of nothing. We find that in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. He created it all. And He created it out of what? Nothing. So God can create new things out of nothing. Number two, God can fight our battles for us. In 1 Samuel 17, 47, this was David when he was going up against Goliath. And he said, And that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear, for the battle is whose? The Lord's. And He will give you into our hands. He was looking at the face of the enemy, looking at the giant, the obstacle in his way, and he was saying, "Uh uh-uh, God is going to fight this battle for us. And church, we can do the same thing. God can fight battles for us. This is what God can do. God can save us, thirdly, from our sins and ourselves. In Hebrews 7.25, Therefore He is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through Him, since He always lives to make intercession for them. God can save us from our sins, and He can save us from ourselves. He is always there. Therefore He, the He is Jesus. Amen. Guard, the next one is He can guard 
what we give to him. We give to him our children, our family, relationships, finances. He can guard it. We give it all. We lay it at his feet. We say, Lord, it's all yours anyways. And he can guard it. He's the best security system in the universe. Amen? He can guard what we give to him in 2 Timothy 1.12. For I know whom I have believed and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Amen? He is able to heal us when we are sick. In Matthew 2.3, the leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing. There's the key. See, God is willing. He is able to heal us when we are sick. He is willing. Do you believe that, church? Come on, do you believe that, church? And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. All he did was he spoke the word and said, be cleansed. These are the things that God can do. And the thing is, is do we believe it? Do we know what his ability is? And do we believe it? He can bring life to the dead. Dead things don't intimidate God. He can bring life to the dead. Every funeral Jesus went to was ruined. Right? He said, Lazarus, come forth. He said, Lazarus was so dead, he stinketh. That's King James. He stinketh. And Lazarus rose up and walked. So God is not intimidated by dead things. He's not intimidated by the dead. He can bring the dead back to life. If you're dead spiritually, He can bring you spiritually back to life. Amen? Amen. Make weak people strong. God can make weak people strong. Amen to that because I need His strength. Romans 16.25 Now all glory to God who is what? He is able to make you strong just as my good news says. The next, protect us from temptation and sin. Hebrews 2.18, for since he himself was tempted in that, he, or in that which he has suffered, he is able, there it is again, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. Jude 1.24, now unto him that is able, there it is again, to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. God is able. If you don't remember anything I said say this morning, God is able. You can go from here. What did Pastor TJ preach on? God is able. Yeah. Uh, just, just at least get that. Get it down into your spirit. Get it down into your soul. Get it down into you that God is able. When you're going through your week this week and something awful's coming or something, you hear bad news or you see something or you're feeling down, whatever, just God is able. Look yourself in the mirror. God is able. Provide us. He can provide us with everything we need. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able, there it is again, able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. What's it for? For every good deed, so you can help somebody else. You'll have everything you need. You'll have all sufficiency you have so that you can turn around and help somebody else. That's what God's design is. He wants to bless you to the point where you can turn right around and bless somebody else. Amen. 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 The next thing is fulfill all His promises to us. That's what God can do. He can fulfill all His promises to him, to us. Speaking of Abraham in Romans, Romans 4, 20, verse 21, speaking of Abraham, it says, Yet with respect to the promise of God, he, meaning Abraham, did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. 
He never wavered. Why? Because he knew that God is able. He knew what his ability was and he believed it. And being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. See, that's it. He believed, so therefore he didn't waver. That's why Abraham is known as the, the father of faith, right? He's the one, you know, man, he's the man of faith. He believed. He wasn't the one laughing. His wife would laugh, but he didn't, right? Luke 1.37 For with God nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. So the first thing that we've got to do, if we're going to trust in God's power, and we want to draw on His power for your life, is you've got to believe in God's ability. You've got to believe in God's ability. Know what it is and believe in His ability. Number two, we've got to position Position ourselves for His power. Position ourselves for His power. A key element for receiving anything in life is positioning. It involves positioning. You've got to be in the right position. How many knows? How many knows? Like you were just. You've ever. You ever said that I was in the right place at the right time? Have you ever said that? Or it's like, oh my goodness. You wouldn't believe what happened to me. I was in the right place at the right time. Isn't that so good when you can say that? That you're in the right place at the right time? You know, this is football season. I'm trying to enjoy it. My teams are losing like crazy. I can't even win the fantasy football thing. It's just awful. I'm losing every week, it seems like. So, I'm trying to enjoy it. But one thing I noticed is that you can have a stud quarterback on your team. I mean, he can be a stud. All right, he, he can know how he pinpoint passes, accurate and everything. But if the receiver does not run the correct route, if the receiver is not in the right position, they're not going to hook up. He's not going to catch the ball. There's a certain pattern that the receiver's got to run. There's a certain play he's got to know in his mind and he's got to run a certain pattern and be in a certain place so that the quarterback will get him the ball in that specific spot so he can receive the ball. But if he's not in the right spot, he's not making the catch. And you know, God is kind of like your heavenly quarterback, okay? He wants to throw blessings to your life. He wants to throw strength to you. Okay? He wants to throw healing your way. He wants to throw these blessings your way. But you have got to be in the right position to receive it. Amen? Amen? You've got to be in the right position. Because if you're not in the right place, if, you're not in, if you didn't run the right pattern, you didn't follow the right principle, you won't be able to receive. So we've got to know, we've got to believe... And we've also got to be in the right position. Now what do we have to do to do that? Because He wants to bring to you His power, His grace, His mercy. He wants to throw all of this your way. We've got to be in that right position. So let's look at Ephesians 3.20 one more time. Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us. This is the key phrase here. At work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might at ask or think at work within us if we want to do more for God then there already must be a connection to him we've already got to have a connection going on a work has to be started within you 
A work has to be started within me. How do we do that? How do we get that work started up on the inside? Again, if I don't know the principle that's in the Word, how can I follow it? Right? If I don't know a pattern that's in the Word, just like the wide receiver on the football field, if he doesn't know the play, he doesn't know the pattern, okay, how can he be in the right place at the right time? See, they have this thing called a trading deadline in, in football. And if a receiver gets traded to another team during that week, during, during, you know, for the trading, it's, it's several games in. Look, that guy, in all likelihood, he's not getting on the field much because, number one, he doesn't know the plays. So he doesn't know the plays. He doesn't know how to run the patterns to get to the right place yet. He's new. It's a totally different system over here on this football team. And see, when you come to God, it's a totally different system and a way of thinking and a different way of life as before when you weren't with God. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. Totally different. You've got to think differently. You've got to act differently. But you've got to know how to act differently and how, how to think differently. You've got to know how to do these things. So how do we do that? To get that work started up inside, you've got to be in the Word of God. You've got to have a connection with Him so that this work on the inside is getting started. So that has to do with your relationship with Him in prayer and being in the Word of God. And as we're doing those things, we get ourselves in the right position to be able to trust His power for that work to be started so that we can have that, that, that power working in our life on a daily basis. Not just once a week, not just every now and then, but all the time, we've got to be in a place of obedience to God. If we're not in the right relationship with Him, we're not in a place of obedience with Him, then we're not in the right position to receive what He wants to do in our lives. So we've got to be in obedience to God. We've got to be in right relationship. We've got to ask ourselves, are we in the right position to receive His power? His power that, that working in us. Are we living in fellowship with Him? Are we connecting with Him? So that work is started on the inside. In Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, Peter and John, I'm just going to tell you the story. You know, you go, they're, they're, they go up to this gate, uh, beautiful, and there's a man, he's crippled, and he's, he's down at the gate, and he's begging. And so Peter goes up and he says, Look, silver and gold have I none, but such as I give thee, rise up and walk. And this man gets up, and he walks. It's just a tremendous story. What, a, what an awesome, awesome thing. Now, look, this guy, the, the, you, know, I, you know, this guy, he, he's in the right place at the right time, right? It was good that he was there that day. I'm sure he's got some other places maybe where he goes and begs, but it was a good thing he was there that day so that he could receive, right? But let's also, let's focus on Peter and John. See, they had a connection with God. They were in right standing with God. They were being obedient to Him and His commands. They were thinking different from the way that they thought before. And they were in right position. And they had that connection with God. And a work started within them so that they had the faith enough and they could trust in God's power enough so they could reach down and grab that man and pull him up. That's what I want us to focus on, is Peter and John. 
Because they're the ones that trusted in God so much and the power so much that they could be used as vessels to help somebody else. How much do we trust in God's power? Do we trust in God's power enough that we can minister to someone else so that our friends and our other family members and the different ones can experience that same power that we know? So that they can experience God in the way that we experience Him. How much do we trust in the power of Almighty God? But see, this is the thing. This was the point. This was the one this week that I was looking at and saying, God, I need to work on that. I need to work on that. I need that work stirred up within me. I need more of that. I need to trust in your power more so I can help somebody else. We've got to be in position. The next thing is we've got to expect extraordinary answers to our prayers. In Ephesians 3.20, Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Now I want to read this in the King James as well. It says, Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So now we've got infinitely more, exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. I mean, it's just... God's ready to do more than we can dream of. That's really what it's saying there. He's ready to do more than what you can even dream of. We've barely, he's saying, you barely even scratched the surface of God's power and what He can do. He's ready to go beyond what you're thinking right now. And you know, as I was talking before about ministering to someone else and helping somebody else, maybe there was a name, a person in mind. Look, I'm going to tell you, God can do greater than even just that. He can touch several people through you. More than that one, more than the two. He can touch multitudes through us. Amen? Through His church. He wants to do it. Did Paul say this for emphasis sake? Was he being dramatic when he was like infinitely more and exceedingly abundant? Was he doing that for dramatics? No, he was doing this for theology's sake. He was doing it to show that God is a great God. That God is able He was showing how great our God really is. He's able to do infinitely more, exceeding abundantly above all that we could imagine or dream. He's able to answer your prayers with extraordinary measure. That's the God that we serve. Amen? Amen. To expect these extraordinary answers, we've got to believe a few things for really quickly that God listens when we pray. First off, that He listens... The second thing is that God answers when we pray. God can even give a specific answer. Okay? A specific answer. The other thing is that the promise of God's answer calls us to faith and patience. And the thing, when we pray, we believe, it's believing. We've got to believe. Our faith has got to be increased. We've got to look and know that we've got, we're called now to, to, to a higher level of faith than we were before that prayer. When we pray that prayer now... We've got to increase our faith. We've definitely got to increase our patience. Because sometimes God answers in a different way than we want Him to. Sometimes He answers on a different timetable than we want. Sometimes it can be a really long time. And it can be frustrating. But we need to have patience. Amen? I also know that God's answers surpass our greatest imaginations. The fourth thing is that we've got to give glory. Give God the glory. We've got to give all glory to God. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, just one more time, it says, Now all what? Glory 
It says, not all glory to God, who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And then he says, glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. If we want to tap into the power of God, we've not only got to learn how to pray, we've got to learn how to praise. We've got to learn how to praise God and give Him the glory. I cannot tell you how that some of the greatest releases of God's power in my life came when I was just praising Him. When you just give God a prayer, especially when you don't feel like it. And that's why he called, they call it a sacrifice of praise. When you give a sacrifice of praise, it's like it, it, it can be a warfare for you. It can be part of your arsenal when you fight the enemy. When you sacrifice a praise to God, I mean, that's giving God glory that's due to His name. He just fills you up right there. And God's glory can be released into your life. How many of us want to tap into some of that? Oh, I do. I do. We need to become people of worship and praise to God, giving Him all glory and honor that's due to Him. When you become a praiser, it's like health flows into your life. Strength flows into your life. You understand? I mean, it breakthrough begins to flow into your life when you become a praiser. So how do we give glory to God? There's some things that we can do. There's, there's more than what I'm going to share here, but the first thing that we can do to become a more effective praiser of His is, number one, we openly praise God. Do not be ashamed to praise Him. In Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. And in Psalms 44.8, In God we boast all day long and praise Thy name forever. The next thing is we got to give credit to God for every good thing in your life. Every good thing. You give the credit, credit give credit to God. I know, I know Elder Joe, man, when he comes in here in the morning, I tell him his suit looks good, or I tell him that anything I tell him that's good in his life is glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Every single time that is response. Every single time. He gives glory to God for every good thing that is in his life. Why does he do that? Because he understands James 1.17. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights, whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. He gives glory to God for everything. We've got to give glory to God for everything good in our life. Acknowledging His greatness and knowing that it comes from Him. The problem with this here is that you know, we tend to bend towards the negative. We do that a lot. You know, we can always describe what we don't like. We can describe what we don't have. We can also describe what we wish was happening. We have a tendency to go negative. We just, you know, we, some, some of us, we can just live in that. You know, I wish this, I wish that, you know, and we get into the complaining thing. And this is why Paul, he also said in Philippians 4.8 that we got to think on things that are true. Things that are honest. Things that are just. Things that are pure. Things that are lovely and of a good report. And look, if you're thinking about the good report, you're not thinking about what you don't have. You're not thinking about the problem that's going on. You're not complaining about those things. You're thinking what's lovely, what's good, what's, what's honest, what's just, what's pure. And so, you know, it, it's like, when, also, you know, when you, when you ask Joe and you say, how you doing? I'm always good. That's his response. Every time, I'm always good. And I try to say, but this, but this, and but this, because I know some things that are going on. He's like, yeah, but, and he starts quoting to me scripture. I can't even tear him down at all, a little bit. I can't even get him to waver just a little. Because he won't do it. He's I'm always good. It doesn't matter about my job situation. It doesn't matter about this situation. It doesn't matter about that. I'm always good. 
That's faith. That's trusting in God's power. Knowing. And He's blessed. Ask Him. If you're going to be a praiser, you've got to give up the grumbling and complaining. Amen? No matter what you're going through, you have been blessed by the Almighty God. doesn't matter what you're going through. You've been blessed. And we can always praise Him for something. Can we all stand? The last two things that we've got to do if we want to be a good praiser is tell others about God's goodness to you. Testify. Testify of God's saving grace. That's what this is. In Psalms 9.1 says, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things you've done. To do that scripture, we've got to do it with somebody else. We don't just do it in the air by ourselves. We've got to tell somebody else and testify. And then we finally, we've got to live in a way that gives credibility to your testimony. You've got to live in a way that gives credibility to your testimony. One preacher, he once said, I don't care how loud you shout, how high you jump, just as long as you walk straight when you hit the ground. <laughs> it's true. We've got to live straight. We've got to live in the way that God wants us to live. Because people are watching your life more than listening to your words. They're looking at you. Matthew 5.16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. This morning, I've outlined these four things that we need to do to trust in God's power. How many, just, just being honest before we, you know, before we pray, you can say, you know, TJ, I don't trust in God's power like I should. You can just go, you know, hey, that, 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 that's me. You know, my hand's up. My hand's up. So let's keep those hands up. And let's pray. And first of all, what we got to do here together, and there's nobody, I, I can't do this for you, you got to do it yourself. Let's, let's, let's just repent for not trusting where we've fallen short and we haven't trusted in God's power. And let's also repent for we haven't shared it with somebody else. Amen. Let's do this right now. Father, right now, we just come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for sending your son to die for us. You sent your son so that we can have forgiveness. And Lord, I just pray that you forgive us where we haven't trusted in you. Where we haven't trusted in your power. Where we've complained where we've gotten into not you know the negative and not saying how great and how glorious you are and thanking you for the blessings in our life. Lord, forgive us. And Lord, also forgive us where we haven't shared the blessings that you've blessed us with with others, where we haven't shared the testimony of you to others. Lord, forgive us in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for giving each one that has their hands raised as we end this series stronger. Lord, I thank you for giving them strength. And you're making them stronger. I thank you for that connection on the inside, doing that work, being stirred up within each one of us so that we can serve you, so that we can be in obedience to you, so we can be in right standing with you, we can be in the right position, the right position to receive from you so that we can help somebody else. Lord, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you agree with that, can you give the Lord a hand? That's good. Amen.